We can't remove all the triggers. Mm -mm. You can't get rid of, I can't make the world a safe place. Like uh, safe enough, right? Like all I can do is say, if it goes wrong, I'll be here. Like, or if it messes up, you don't lose me. Yeah. Uh, to the best of my ability anyway. And so I'm like, that's, that's really what we have is this ability to go, Oh, I can offer you grace. And if you can receive and know that I've given you kind of the room to fail and forgiveness, even before you've messed up. Yeah. Right. Then, then you can go, oh, well, he, he's with me. Or I can go, oh, she's with me because I know that she accepts and loves me just the way I am, even with my flaws. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. All right, here we are in episode nine, wrapping up our series on healing from past wounds. And we want to show you a little bit and discuss what growth looks like around some of the areas we've identified. So specifically over the last eight episodes and into this one, we've talked about Chad feeding the dogs. We've talked about me receiving gifts. We've talked about building a project together. We've talked about money. We've talked about resting, going on vacations. We've talked about... Um, ordering at a restaurant. Ordering... Chad's spending habits. We have brought a lot of content topics to you that we have been in process about, that we have had to navigate, that we have had to talk about, unpack, identify meaning around, do repairs, apologize, and even ask our partner, hey, help me in this area. And so we want to show you now in this last episode what our continued journey in some of these things that come up looks like and how we're able to help each other navigate some of these content issues differently that we can reduce distress around and we can help have just a healthier response to some of these past triggers. And I'm going to, I'll cheat. I'm like, it's called the Connecting Couples Podcast. (laughs) So we're going to really talk about like, how do we connect in those moments of distress? If I'm thinking about the last episode and and how money impacts me, um, the only person who can really tell me that I have permission to do the thing or that I, whether or not the car breaks down or the computer becomes outdated or whatever, the only person who can tell me like, that was a thing you did and that was a good thing and I care about you and it and and we're good is my wife. It's me. She's it. That's it. That's the person who can do it. And so inside my own head, I can't come up with the answer. I can't come up with the solve for how automobiles break down or everything literally breaks down over time. I have to ask somebody else outside of me like, hey, is is this worth it? Am I worth it? Right. And as a kid, I didn't get some of those messages. The dollars were slim and we had food on the table was more important than a new pair of jeans or whatever. We've had to learn in our relationship that I come to him and I say, hey, Even if you make a purchase and it backfires, or even if you um, buy a car and it doesn't work the way you want it to, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I still love you. It's another reason why we try to discuss big decisions together so he doesn't have the pressure if it fails all on his own. But same thing around, let's say, us building the playground. I need to know in those moments that he's on my team. And so now I can come to him and say, hey, I got a project I want done. 
And I can't do, I cannot do it by myself. I actually need you. And I know sometimes when I need you in it, you're going to come with your own ideas and we might even get sideways, but I need to know you're on my team and I need us to be able to stop if we need to pump the brakes and do some repairs. And so we approach projects differently than we used to. We used to just like hit the gas uh, in the past. And now we are able to exactly what Chad is saying, slow down, have the conversation, recognize each other's facial expressions, tones, changes. When we go out to eat, and we still do go out to eat, there is... Probably too much. Well, there is a, <laughs> um, now a new interaction yeah. where neither one of us are trying to dismiss the other person's experience. So it does matter to me if Chad is not having a good experience, and it also matters to him if I'm getting embarrassed. And we now have a different way we take care of each other even around things going badly. Yeah, yeah. Which it's interesting. It's like just discussing this. It's not that we want to – we can't. We can't remove all the triggers. Mm-mm. You can't get rid of – I can't make the world a safe place, like uh, safe enough, yeah, right? Like yeah. all I can do is say if it goes wrong, I'll be here. Like or if it messes up, you don't lose me. Yeah. Uh, at, at, to the best of my ability yeah. anyway. And so I'm like, that's that's really what we have is this ability to go, oh, I can offer you grace. And if you can receive and know that I've given you kind of the room to fail and forgiveness, even before you've messed up, yeah. right? Then then you can go, oh, well, he, he's with me. Or I can go, oh, she's with me. Because I know that she accepts and loves me just the way I am, even with my flaws. Yeah. That actually helps reduce the need um, to get it all right, to, to have it perfect. And it also increases our chances that we will, Yeah, which is interesting to me. It's, it's really a paradox that we want to be, or I, I'll use me, how about that? But I want to make this perfect decision mm. or have it just right and make the most, get the most bang from every buck, right? <laughs> and I'm like... The more I think about it, the more time I waste on especially a simple decision like shorts or something, yeah. it, it's burned energy. It's taken time. It's, it's, it's lost effort. And, um, and so it really does cost me more in that sense than the dollar would have. I'm trying to think about pursue withdraw cycles and some of the underlying motivations because I, I have heard you say in the past withdrawers tend to, to have a fear of failing, which is why maybe a motivation is to make sure you spend extra time researching it yeah. or understanding or getting it right. Uh, pursuers aren't over here thinking we want to fail either. Right. But there is a little bit of a different motivation. Like when I attack a project and I come to the table with like the blueprint and the drawings and, and you know, the map of how it's going to go, Yeah, there is some... Um, I don't know what the word is I want to use. There's a lot riding on it getting it, it going right also. Yeah. And I hear you saying this, which is so true. When I know you're on my team and when I know you see me and my effort, I can l- just let go a little bit of how tightly I'm holding on to how I expect it to go. Yeah. And I can be more flexible. And I think that's such a huge difference in our interactions is, in a way, it seems silly to say this, but like there's no one I would rather fight with uh, building a project (laughs) over than you. You're the one. You're the one I want. You're my fight partner. You're my person that I want to fight with me if I'm trying to build a project. I don't want anybody else's help. I want your help. I don't want anybody else's approval. I want your approval. I don't want anybody else's 
insight. I want your insight. And I think that connects us, but yet also because there's so much riding on it. I mean, I think that's what that tension says is this matters a lot. You matter. These decisions matter because they're going to impact us. Uh, and, and so a lot of times going back to that distorted message, there's escalated energy around these raw spots, these past wounds, because the meaning is heightened and the uh, fears are heightened. And all of that in that interaction sends this confusing message. And then the moments where you come back to me and say, hey, I see that you got a lot going on there and I'm here with you and we're going to get this done. It's okay. Yeah. It really does come back to um, if I am trying so hard to get this just right, if I'm trying so hard not to fail, Mm. um, I end up missing um, on both on both counts. Yeah. Like I miss the time with you, and and then I also miss every, everything is subjective. Like there isn't there isn't a perfect car that everyone should drive, or there isn't a perfect playset that everyone should build, or there isn't a perfect meal that we should order. Right, and and I think that's part of what like I get caught up with is this. I'm going to get it so perfect or so right. Well, the funny thing is like. I am the biggest critic of my own food, of your food, of our everywhere. Yeah. Like, and I'm the biggest critic of all this stuff, <laughs> like uh, of my stuff anyway. Yeah. And so, the only way that I could possibly get it right is to let somebody else into it that is for me. I think if a pursuer would be able to sink down, and I'm, I'm saying I, the pursuer here, could sink down. Our first flash of energy is that I'm a critic of you. But it doesn't take long if we slow that down for me to realize that I'm a critic of myself and all of that energy that I've got online to try to control all that external stuff is really because internally it feels out of control. Yeah. So I, I hear you saying I'm my own worst enemy or my own worst critic. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, right. Also same over here. (laughs) Well, and that, I, I think that's true on both sides. Like I think, the, the pursuing energy or the, the, that drive to, to critically kind of point out what's missing out here in the world. Yeah. It really does say, if I, could, if I could get all that right, then maybe I'd be okay. And I think it comes back to, with these raw spots, with these past wounds, needing, and I think everyone has to identify what they need themselves, but I would say an overarching need we all have is assurance. Yeah. I need assurance that my partner is here with me. He needs assurance that I'm here with him. And that gets lost. We lose confidence in the assurance uh, when we get in a cycle, when something in our past is at play, when we start to believe the underlying meanings. A lot of times meanings we haven't even identified or don't really know are there. So if we slow it down, if we start to unpack it, if we can have a conversation in our relationship that goes, hey, man, we got in a fight yesterday and I hated it. It didn't feel good for me. I know it didn't feel good for you. What happened? Can you help me understand? We were going along just fine. And then where did it start going wrong for you? And Chad says, well, it started going wrong when you went in the house. And I go, well, it clearly went wrong way before I went in the house. That was the final straw for me. Let me back up. Here's where it started going wrong. Oh, well, I didn't know that was your experience. Oh, well, I didn't know that was your experience. And now we get to go, I matter. Uh, You matter to me and I matter to you and we missed each other. Mm. And now we do some repairs and we discuss what it looks like the next time we try it. 
doesn't mean we're going to nail it the next time we try it, but it does mean we're, we're maybe going to have a little more awareness about what our partner's experience is. We had lots of failed attempts at restaurant ordering and returns <laughs> before we landed on a place where we can do it and not have all that distress. It doesn't mean it goes right every time. It still goes wrong sometimes. But since we have had the conversation, it goes a lot better. Yeah. Really, I think even more than that, it's to get ahead of it. Like, probably we're going to get triggered and we're going to, and we're doing better, me and you, I think, at at, like identifying it. But I'm like, if I can say, I feel myself doing this thing, Mm. like I feel this old pattern showing up, whether, and for me with purchases, I'll I'll use that because it's fresh. But I'm like, for me, like if I'm going to buy something and I feel that energy of like, I need to research this, I got to double check it, I've got to, does it have 8,000 stars on Amazon <laughs> or whatever? Like, it, is it the highest rated in the category for the best price? And I'm like, if I feel myself doing that, I need to start asking myself, and, and maybe this is what's great about yeah. triggers, right? Like, or about, about our bodies functioning. Like, I need to start going, wait a second, why am I, that's good. You should look for the highest value and the best product and all those are good things, but there's an energy that's different. Like, and if I get the very best, whatever, and I keep it and hand it down to my grandchildren (laughs) or whatever, like, (laughs) like, wait, what am I trying to meet here? Like, what am I trying to satisfy here? Though this uh, solar light from Amazon is not going (laughs) to solve the problem. It's not even a long-term purchase though. A meal. I was thinking as you were saying this about all of the content we didn't even bring up. We we tried to bring to you seven or eight things that show up so that we could articulate to you how this stuff shows up. Yeah. As we're sitting here, I'm thinking how long it takes us to pick what movie we're going to watch on Amazon or Netflix. We watch 40 minutes of trailers and then have run out of time because we <laughs> cannot make a decision yeah. about what we want to. There are so many things that show up that if we slowed down and took the time to go, hey, what's going on for you? Yeah. What's at play there? Not only that, we're, we feel understood by the other when we get a chance to explain what's happening. And so, man, to be in a relationship where I feel like someone's on my team, where somebody's take, making an effort to understand me, where somebody's trying to do a repair if they've hurt my feelings, where somebody is, is recognizing and is so tuned in to me that they want to help me heal, golly, that's the relationship I want to be in. Yeah. I think we all long for that, but we don't know how to get there because there's tension along the way that we're afraid to navigate, obviously, because we get in a fight over it. And so pump the brakes, be curious. I mean, golly, I don't know how else to to unpack what this looks like going forward. Yeah. Well, and, and people say, well, shouldn't, I'll use me, Chad, shouldn't you go work on that finding your worth and your stuff mm. problem? Or shouldn't you go work on that, I don't know, controlling nature at the restaurant or you with the construction project? You need to go to therapy or, and talk yeah. about this with your therapist. And I'm a therapist, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't do that. I think it's good to go to therapy and kind of yeah. kind of pull this stuff apart. Um, but the one place that I need, my therapist is not going to retire with me and go to the beach. They shouldn't. If they do, it's unethical. <laughs> but I'm like, th- that is not how that's no. supposed to go. The, the one person who can say... Hey, yeah, that's worth it and matter is my wife. Yeah. And so I need to be able to pull this apart and notice it and say, yes, this comes from 
maybe um, lack or, or, or wanting when you were a kid or not having some of the stuff that you wanted yeah. or losing some things or breaking things or making poor choices with money at times. I'm like, so then now I'm a lot more careful with it. But it, it's not really about that. Even the money stuff, it isn't really about the money. It's about like, what am I going to do at the end of my life? Is it? Am I going to be satisfied? Am I going to be happy? Will I have spent my time, energy, effort, dollars on things that last, yeah. right? It's like money is not corollary to happiness. Now, you can buy a lot of stuff, yeah. and there are times if you don't have enough money that that can be a real problem too. But more dollars doesn't equal more contentment at the end of life. And so for me, it's like if I can start to recognize, what am I – I'm spinning my wheels. I'm spinning my – my time, my energy on this. And if I can let my wife into it and she can say, Hey, buy it. Don't buy it. It's up to you. I love you no matter what. Are we meeting our goals? Are you spending at some excessive rate? No. Okay. Well make a choice. It's okay. Either way. And that tells me not only that I'm okay to buy the bike shorts or whatever the thing is, but I'm okay to like be me and, and I can, be affirmed and be safe and feel stable and be known yeah. and kind of move forward. I don't, I don't question myself the same way. I don't have to feel bad about buying a, whether it's shorts or a car, neither one are going to last forever. But what I do need is to know that my wife, my partner understands that I've put energy and effort into this. It's not just flippant and that I do this, um, from a place of caring, concern for her and for me. Yeah. It's not just a selfish, selfish motivation. I think a lot of times these raw spots hit us and it's like we really become self-focused, right? Pain causes self-focus and then we lose, lose connection very naturally. And then I'm back to like researching and trying to prove that my choice is right or that it's the, the best thing ever, whether it's building this playset or whether it's buying a car or buying a whatever, or, or even at a restaurant that I got what I deserved, right? It's like, I didn't get the thing. Well, ugh, that, that kicks something up in me and makes me want to fight because that's pain. And those are the spots, these raw spots, that pain is what disconnects us. So if we can know, oh, this is where it comes from. This is how it plays out. This is what it does to me. It really is only leading you back to, can I now be connected with my partner in this? Whatever the outcome is, the buying the car, the buying the bike, whatever, the choosing the right way to build the play structure. That is not the goal. I want to talk for just a second about big T trauma and little T trauma. Sure. Because you mentioned going in to see a therapist about this stuff. I want to compare it to a bruise versus a broken leg. When you break your leg, you go in and everyone is like, that's a broken leg. And you know what happened. You usually tell the story around it. They reset the leg and they put you in a cast and you have to rehabilitate and walk around and, yeah, you know, all the stuff. Big T trauma has a tendency to be easier to identify. Yeah. And you know kind of the target of some of the meanings that are now associated with what that big T trauma looks like. So definitely go do trauma work. Go see a therapist. Even resource your partner to get some healing around that. Some of these wounds and underlying raw spots and interactions that are distressing in your relationship. They're, they're bruises that happened in your childhood or they're, they're bumps that aren't so clear to identify. So you don't know, oh, 
I got sick and have big T trauma around not being allowed to be sick. Yeah. You get sick a couple times in your relationship and go, why is it every time I, I try to rest or take a nap or if I'm sick, there's a pressure for me to get well fast and get back to being productive? Why is it every time I make a purchase, um, I feel distress and tension and and internal conflict. It's not because there was big T trauma. It's because there were themes and meanings and messages and underlying tones and experiences. And we were conditioned based on what we saw. And we grew up in those same choices and patterns. And that is why we have to go, hey, this is what I come from. Here's how it influenced me. Here's how it's impacting this. And do we want it to shift? Are we happy with the way it's going or do we want it to shift? We talked a little bit in episode four of this series around the heater being broken and the meaning that Chad had about fixing it. Chad has a a family rule that he needs to fix things. And it's a great thing about Chad. He fixes all kinds of things. And we love that about him. It is a virtue. It is a benefit until it's not until it impacts him in a way where there's distress or he feels like a failure because something didn't get fixed. And in those moments, the partner gets to come in and say, hey, I see the effort you made. I appreciate you for more than just fixing things. I love that you fix things. And also, if you never fixed another thing, I'd still love you. It's that assurance that you can get from your partner that makes this connection what we long for. And so that's a little bit of a distinction between the difference between a raw spot or a wound that comes from underlying themes or messages versus some big catastrophic thing that happened in your past. Yeah. My parents got a divorce at this age, or there was some abuse at this age, or I lost a parent at this age. Those are huge things that obviously are going to impact you. Um, but sometimes it's harder to identify those things that we don't recognize impacted us, but are still at play. Those are good distinctions, Angela. And I think it is important that somebody pulls that apart. I think it's important that we say, hey, I know what my big trauma is. But I I think even more important at some level um, and maybe even more applicable to like a broader base of people um, is, is what are the little things that have shaped the way I interact with my world and my partner that maybe keep me out of connection with my spouse, with the person I care about? And so, yes, for sure, deal with big trauma, capital T, you know, all, all the nasty things that happen in this world. Get help. Yeah. And, and also, if you go and get help or you're trying to work on something, try to look at the bigger, the broader messages that were sent. It's not the somebody hit me with a hammer. Um, it's, it's that we got tapped on a thousand times and eventually it shaped the way we interact mm. in our relationships. And, and also in that way informed how we should live or what a life well spent is. And so in this episode, we really talked about a lot of like how we can kind of pull this apart and talk about what do we do with these things? How do we resource a partner? Why a partner is so important to show up for us? Really what we want you to think about is what does growth look like for you? Whether that means going into big trauma or whether that means probably like a lot of us just saying, hey, what are these things that I do? Why do they provoke so much anxiety and what do they say about me and how can I share that with my partner in a way that's not condescending or shaming or, or, you know, going to be critical of them, 
right? Can we examine what we believe to be right and discuss it in a way that's healthy and then receive what we need in that space? And that brings us to our Connect Point. The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. In this Connect Point, we want you to take some time and just discuss what would it look like to share with your partner some of these spaces that have been stuck. And not only just share the, the problem, but say, what could growth look like for you? It's a, it's a hard ask to say, hey, Angela, tell me what growth is. But I want you to ask yourself, what does growth look like for me around the area of whatever you've identified. That might be purchases for me, or it might be the research for me, but what would it look like for me to grow in that area and find more security, more safety in the world and in this relationship around that area? So try that out. One specific area where I think I have growth that I want to share as an example is around gift giving. We have talked about it enough that if I'm going to receive a gift, I've let Chad in on what I need from him assurance, support, a warning if he knows I'm going to get a big gift so I can be ready for that expectation. That's growth in our relationship and specifically for me around an area where I've been triggered before and now we navigate it differently. So that's one example of what growth might look like for you in any of these areas. We have loved having you in this series on healing from past wounds where we've unpacked a lot of our own past wounds and how we get in fights around them. Uh, We'd love to hear from you so feel free free to write in and let us know how this is impacting you. And we look forward to catching up with you in our next series. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks Thanks again. again.